2: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted
1: Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. Bully Ray and I talk all about Monday Night Raw. The five-way women's match to start off Raw, Riddle and Omos from last night and a Money in the Bank qualifying match, and also another appearance from Mr. McMahon. A lot to get into with Bully and I right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I want to get, ask you something that Vince McMahon said and in, in what he had to say on Monday Night Raw last night. Do you think John Cena's the greatest WWE superstar of all time?
3: What a coincidence. I was going to ask you the same question. <laughs> Do I think he's the greatest WWE superstar of all time?
1: Now, by mm. the way, when we say WWE, you got to include WWWF and WWF, correct?
3: It, it, of, of course. Of yes. course. Um, it's it's subjective, much like everything else is. Who's the greatest wrestler of all time? Who's the greatest tag team? Yada, yada. Uh, there's definitely an argument for Cena. Everything that encompasses being a WWE superstar, not just in ring work. I mean, if you take, if we go outside of the ring, John Cena has granted more wishes to people, to children on this earth through the Make a Wish Foundation than anybody else. That says a lot. This is a WWE wrestler who more people who are sick and and, and Dave, just help me out here. If you're a part of the make a wish, um, charity, the make a wish foundation, that means your things are not looking well for you health wise. And yes, yes. Okay. So more kids, more people are part of the make a wish foundation who have limited time left want to meet john cena and then and the numbers are not even close it's like cena is at like 600 or 700 wishes and number two is not even close it's a wwe wrestler that to me speaks volumes um about when vince mcmahon mcmahon says the greatest wwe superstar of all time so in the ring, what has he accomplished? Well, he's a 16-time world heavyweight champion. Outside of the ring, what has he accomplished? He's gr- he's granted more wishes than anybody else on the planet. He has helped spread the uh, spread the WWE to corners of the earth. Learned Mandarin so the WWE could, I believe, go into China and he could speak on behalf of the WWE. Like these are things that no other wwe superstar in my eyes has done not even in my eyes that that i know of has done i truly believe that john cena um when it comes to the wwe looks at it more of his own home than anyone else so how do we quantify who the greatest wwe superstar of all time is i just gave you if you go by championships he's at the top of the list yeah. If you go by things he's done outside of the ring, he's at the top of the list.
1: He's a pretty amazing person, Bully, and I don't know him like you do. You worked with him and you I, seen I don't know him that well either. Okay. Um imagine the psychological toll it must take to to meet with those kids. Like it's, I'm I'm sure it's rewarding, but at the same time to see, you know, somebody that's struggling and and and, and one of their one of their wishes with all the pain and suffering that they're going through is to meet you. Like that's, that's pretty amazing. Like you say, it's not even close. Like, and, and a lot of that has to do with how long he's been around. You know, most athletes, the shelf life of an athlete is very, very short. One of the great things about pro wrestling is that if you stay healthy and John Cena was pretty much able to do that in his career, you know, we're going to celebrate 20 years of John Cena next week, which is pretty incredible. But when I first heard him say the greatest superstar, he didn't say one of, he said the greatest superstar of all time. I, I was like, ah, that's a, that's an absurd comment. But like, you're right, Bully, when you really sit down and think about it, I don't think he is, but, you know, we love to you know talk about the Mount Rushmore. He's on that Mount Rushmore.
3: Who is it for who's your greatest WWE superstar of all time and how do you quantify it other than personal you, you like them personally?
1: Well, I, I don't I don't think it has anything to do with personal because some of the names I'm mentioning I'm not the biggest fan of. But you have to look at I guess the first thing is notoriety, uh mainstream appeal, uh business sellouts. Like so the first the first person you probably have to name is a Bruno San Martino, correct? Like, I would how agree. Many ti- yeah. So you would have to put Bruno on that list, right? You have to put Hogan, right? Sure. I mean, yes. I mean, to me, Hogan, you know, and a lot of people, like, listen, you know this, Bully. I was never the biggest Hogan fan. I was always a flair guy. I was never a Hogan guy. But I will tell you, and, and a lot of people hate when I say this, the number one. Pro wrestling superstar of all time to me is Hulk Hogan. I've seen it, I've seen it with my own eyes. The difference if Hogan was on the show and H- Hogan was not on the show. And I don't think there's one wrestler ever that could be the difference of a sellout of twenty thousand to four thousand in the arena like a Hulk Hogan. I think we could agree on that in a lot of yes. ways. Yes. Um would you put Rock on that list, The Rock?
3: You could put Hogan, Rock, Austin, Bruno, all these names. John Cena is the, is a lifer in the WWE. I mean, so was, so was Rocky. But Rock went off to Hollywood. I mean, Cena went off to Hollywood. But Cena, to me, has just accomplished so much more within the WWE. And I feel means more just by a little bit. I mean, why would Vince go out there and put that type of a stamp of approval on John Cena? Why would he give him that much of the rub as he did last night, calling him the greatest WWE superstar of all time?
1: Well, I mean, one reason would be that he's making an appearance next week, but I also think that he probably does truly believe that he's the greatest WWE superstar of all time.
3: Do you think in Vince McMahon's mind he's the most reliable of any of the mega stars that were ever created in WWE.
1: Yes. And I'll, and I'll give you an example, bully. You know, um, one thing that we've been lucky to be a part of for many, many years is that WrestleMania WrestleMania week, they have something what they call radio row where they have all like local print radio stations, TV stations come and gather to do interviews with WWE superstars. And up until recently, before the pandemic, the call for that was 6 a.m. So every all the journalists and radio and TV personalities had to be at the venue by 6 a.m. You would walk into that room and you would see John Cena. And I'm not just talking about John Cena as one of the people to be interviewed. I'm talking about, I I would actually see him talking to WWE personnel saying, you know, that poster's a little crooked. Or, you know, that, that tablecloth on that table is short. Like he was I mean I've never seen a star of that stature. First of all, be at an appearance that early, but actually be involved by the look of the venue. And I, it, that guy, I more than probably any other wrestler I've ever met or seen or athlete be that detailed and that involved in what was going
3: on. He cares. He cared about the WWE cared, cares the, the whole nine yards. That was his home. Um, does anybody care about busted open more than you do? I probably not. Would you say that I've shown um, a strong vested interest in this show since day one? Do you think Is I that, care about this? show? Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I hundred uh, percent. Yes.
3: So I understand what you're talking about when you talk talk about John Cena, worrying about the poster or the, or the tablecloth, because you care about what you do. You care about your job. You care about everything. And I think John Cena probably does care more about the WWE and every last detail than probably anybody else has of guys on his level. Uh, we could sit here all day and debate it and, There's a reason why John Cena is who he is. There's a reason why John Cena will always be a part of the WWE family. There's a reason why Vince McMahon speaks so highly of John Cena. There's a reason why he's a 16-time champion. There's a reason why he's granted all the wishes. There's a reason why he makes the money that he made. I cried People, we could sit here and debate: Is it Hogan? Is it Cena? Is it Rock? Is it Austin? Is it Bruno? It, 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 you know, in the world of sports entertainment, there's only one thing truly tangible, and that's money. I don't know out of all these guys, who's made the most money? Cena's made a hell of a, a hell of a living, but so is Rock, Austin, and and Hogan.
1: Well, I think, I think the, I think the uh, industry evolves, right? With Bruno, all, all that mattered was selling out Madison Square Garden because it was just a Northeast company. You know, with Hogan, if it wasn't for Hogan, would the WWF ever been able to go national? You know, would there even be a WrestleMania without Hulkamania? I don't think that would have happened, honestly. I think Hulkamania was the big foundation of why they were able to go national and why you have WrestleMania even now. Rock and stone cold you know were part of an era that might have been the greatest era ever in pro wrestling and then you have john cena it's it's a it's a tough conversation to have bully, but again, that's where you get the insiders because us as fans don't get to see that other side and I think John Cena did more on the other side even more than he actually did in the ring or on screen.
3: Uh- and I always go back to the make a wish thing because that is the number one thing on the other side, outside of the ring, that John Cena has done. Paul, you know what, uh, our producer Paul, maybe you can look that up uh, up for us when we go to break. Who has granted? Like, I'd like to know like the top three to five people out there who have granted wishes. Dave, you all you, you talked about how it must make somebody feel. I've only granted like two or three wishes, and it was those were very powerful moments yes that really they they stay with you they really do i mean think about the moment that john cena just did didn't he go like overseas to visit a lady in ukraine yeah a child that was like a
1: big fan that they had escaped from the ukraine um and uh, he went and granted a wish that was just Grant- out there i think last week
3: i mean i was watching that and i'm just like it, it you could be one of the most unemotional people in the world. It's going to target your heartstrings like, to, to, I, to see what he does. I
1: was watching a documentary, you know, the band Journey. Yeah. So Jonathan Cain, they the, the band Journey was asked to visit a sick child in a hospital. And this is going back to 1985, okay? And this is a recent interview. Jonathan Cain was talking about that appearance that they made and he started breaking down and crying. And this is like thir- over 30 years ago, they made that appearance at the hospital to visit this child and he was talking about it and he just started to break down and cry. So like, that's what I'm thinking of when you're saying that, that sticks with you, that stays with you, that that attaches to your soul, that a man, you know, 30, 35 years after the fact is still breaking down, crying, talking about that appearance. Imagine doing all those appearances that john cena has made like that's gotta take a physical and mental toll on you has to
3: it does and pro wrestling does harden you physically and emotionally but still uh, it, it, it definitely gets to you i know how hardened i became from the wrestling business emotionally Where you just have to, I mean, the physical is obvious, but the emotional is, you know, where eventually you just become numb to so many things. And I wonder, I wonder how John does handle that. You have to be a pretty well-balanced person emotionally to be able to handle all that, knowing that you're coming in contact with so many people that might not make it. And all they wanted to do is meet you before their eventual, you know, last days. Damn, that's heavy, man. Yeah, it's heavy. It's heavy. So, you know, um, I know we got way off top, way off the, the point of, you know, who the greatest WWE superstar is. No, but,
1: but I think this is
3: important because I think that that's a Listen. I remember it's it, a great it's also a great question for the, for the nation do, not who do they think is but do you believe that john cena is the greatest wwe superstar of all time as vince said
0: hear what's happening around the globe on world of basketball
1: the reigning WNBA MVP, John Quell Jones. For us, like me, Buddy, and all of the Hoopers in the Bahamas, like we didn't really have like that basketball gym. So when I moved to the States, I remember just like walking into the gym for my high school and I was just like, wow, like my school actually has its own gym.
0: New episodes of World of Basketball, hosted by Fran Fraschilla, are released Thursdays on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?
1: Head to factormeals.com slash busted50 and use code BUSTED50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code BUSTED50 at factormeals.com slash BUSTED50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is
3: active. A lot of people were shocked by Carmela. I think that uh, with Rhea not being involved I think Carmella is a good choice. I don't think Carmella will be defeating Bianca Belair, but it was an out-of-nowhere victory. People didn't see it coming, and hopefully it'll give Carmella a chance to show off her talents against Bianca. It'll be another win for Bianca and give Rhea uh, time to get back on track since we don't know what, why she's out. Injured, sick, not quite sure. So I, I think Carmella, for lack of a better term, is a, is a holding Spot for Bianca at Money in the Bank, and then they'll, they'll get back on track with Rhea.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting, Carmella, because as we know, Carmella before uh, leaving, or not, not leaving, but we haven't seen her on TV since WrestleMania. She was in a tag with Selena Vega. So the last time Carmella has had a singles victory, that was against Liv Morgan, back in October believe it or not. It's been a long time. She's done a lot of losing as a solo wrestler outside of a tag team.
3: Go ahead. See, and this is why the WWE can get away with the things that they do, because unless you looked that up, you would have never remembered that. Nope. I had to look it up. But what did you remember that she won last night? The WWE looks at it as we can get anybody over in just one episode now, does that mean get them over to Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, levels? No, but we can get them an, over enough in one episode of TV just to get us where we need to be. So Carmella goes over last night with a super kick. She gets the one, two, three. They'll replay it again next week, and then they'll use it going into Money in the Bank, and you'll get Carmella versus Bianca. Bianca will win, and hopefully by then, is back on track, and it's back to business as usual for those two.
1: Yeah, and 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 what you just said is the truth, and we'll get to it in just a second. But what you also said before that final statement, "bully," is part of the problem I have with the WWE, and that is that not nothing really is meaningful except the last thing that you did, and that, and that's part of the problem. We talked about bully about wrestlers getting to that next plateau. And the WWE really needs to do that. One of the reasons why, look what's going on now uh, with SummerSlam. You're getting Brock and Roman again because now that Cody and Orton are both out, there's nobody that's over enough that you could stick in a championship match with Roman Reigns and fans are going to buy into it. I think that's part of the problem. I know that it's easy to say that wins and losses don't matter, but it does matter in the scheme of things of where... Some significant wins do matter and can take you to that next plateau. Carmella could be somebody bully if there was a little, you know, a little bit more meat on the bone as far as victories and significant victories in recent memory, at least that you could remember. That victory last night can make you buy into whatever could possibly happen in that championship match at Money in the Bank. But it's not. I think most fans are saying, hey, Rhea Ripley's out. We need somebody to fill that spot. Let's give it to Carmella. They'll have an entertaining match. But then once Carmella loses at Money in the Bank, then Bianca Belair can move on. And like you said, hopefully Rhea Ripley will be available. I would love it, Bully. And I hate to keep going back to the Attitude Era. But in this case, I have to. Everybody was over. Everybody kind of had... Not, not, every, not everybody could be over, but the people who were over, you bought into. You would remember the last time that they had a match. You would remember the last time they had a victory. If I didn't look it up, I would, not, I would never in a million years even remember the last time Carmella was in the ring.
3: Why do you hate going back to the Attitude Era?
1: I, I don't hate it. I wish I didn't have to. Does that make sense?
3: Yes, that that makes more sense. Um, You have to look at certain eras of pro wrestling when things were being done right, when the business was on fire and there was a reason the business was on fire and we should look to those times and say, well, if we were on fire, then why can't we replicate? It's not like a team who catches fire, Dave, where, you know. In pro wrestling, where everything is predetermined, you can kind of go back in history and go, "What were we doing then that made us hit on all cylinders? Why can't you? Why can't you? Why can't we replicate that? Why can't we book the way we were booking then? Why can't we take one person and 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 and, and put the spotlight on them and try to give them the stone cold treatment?" Why don't we give a guy like Elias the opportunity to go out there every week and talk, talk, talk like we did to The Rock and look at what happened to that kid? I'm just throwing names out there right now. Why can't they why don't we use these times in histories as barometer, not as barometers, as as um, as blueprints for today? What worked in the NWA in the 80s? What worked in ECW um, in uh, you know, the, the, the mid to late 90s? What worked in the Attitude Era uh, during the Attitude Era? What worked for Impact Wrestling when they were hitting on all cylinders? So I don't mind doing the comparisons because to me, it's just factual history. And then you hear a lot of younger talent today bitching and complaining about, oh, they always bring up that era. They always bring up this or, you know, the past. Listen, things worked very well then. And there was a reason why things worked well. I'm not saying that we have to copy it, but let's borrow from it. Bully,
1: we we mentioned Hogan before. Now, if you remember, if anybody was around when Hogan was champ, he was champ for a while. Alright, he was at the top of the card for a while. He was the biggest superstar in the WWE. But man, how many other superstars were over? How many other superstars had major storylines and matchups? I mean, Hogan was the champ, but think of the names I'm gonna mention just off the top of my head. You know, a Jimmy Snuka, a Roddy Piper, a Randy Savage, a Ricky Steamboat. Like those They were on the card. They were on the show during Hogan's reign. And those are Hall of Famers. Every wrestling fan knows those names that I just threw out there. There's a way to still have your champion a la Roman Reigns and still write a show where you can have other people that the fans are going to be invested in. I just think somehow, some way, they've lost their way. It can be done. History shows that
3: it can be done, Bully. Dave, the biggest problem in pro wrestling across the board right now is fans don't care enough about the wrestlers, the characters, the human beings They care too much about the athleticism and the physicality. So if you care more about a move than you do the person, you're never going to have the same results that you had back in the day. Did you care about Dusty Rhodes, the human being? Of course. Did you care about his moves? Other than uh, other than him hitting the
1: bionic elbow, there was nothing else that really cared. I cared about.
3: But you, when you responded to that elbow, you weren't responding to the elbow. You were responding to dusty giving the elbow. My biggest problem with pro wrestling today is fans not caring about the individuals. And I'm not blaming the fans on this. I blame the wrestlers. I blame the wrestlers for putting entirely too much emphasis on the move sets and not themselves. I, but you know what? It goes beyond that too, because we could talk
1: about the wrestlers, and we and we have about you know wrestling for the pop of the fans and wrestling for social media. We've talked about that, but this is like I'm going to put this example on creative because it's like like you just said something that wow. It actually knocked me off my seat for a second, Bully. And you said that this is predetermined. You're talking about sports, right? And we ha- we've had and we could talk about championship runs from teams and victories and come from behind and everything like that. We can't, They can't plan that. That's just going to happen. But in pro wrestling, it's predetermined. They can write anything and put it out there on TV. I am, I'm just surprised that they're not be able to do that. That creatively, they can't get the rest of this roster to a point that we're so emotionally invested. In. And I'm just going to use this as an example, Bully. And I know that a lot of fans are going to kill me. But i I, you know, I, I just going to mention WrestleMania 3 for a second because Hogan and Andre was the main event. Hogan, nobody was bigger than Hulk Hogan at that time. But other than Hogan, like, think of these names. The Iron Sheik, the Honky Tonk Man, Jake the Snake Roberts, Ricky Steamboat, Randy Savage, Roddy Piper. I mean, Harley Race, Hillbilly Jim, you know, like King Kong Bundy, Cowboy Bob Orton, the Magnificent Morocco, the Hart Foundation, the British Bulldogs. Like, think of those names I just mentioned, all those names that were on that show. They weren't all at the top of the card. They weren't all champions. They weren't all in the main event. But all those names I just mentioned, whether they're in the opening contest, in the middle of the show, or in the main event, they were fucking over. Everybody knows those names. I don't understand why they can't just not focus on two or three guys and really get the rest of this roster over. And they've been using the same formula now for 10 years. That's 50-50 booking bully that doesn't help anybody. But you know what? It hurts them getting over to that next level. And I, I really think creatively they haven't been able to do their superstars any favors.
3: One of the things that I would love to see the WWE do is go back to a smaller creative team more of a vision of one or two. Listen, the Attitude Era was about Vince Russo and Vince McMahon. Yes, I know there were other people involved. I get it. But for the most part, it was Russo and McMahon. Ed Ferrara also. ECW was the vision of one man. The NWA, when it was hitting on all cylinders, was the vision of one man. Maybe a couple, you know, maybe a couple. But for the What I'm trying to say, Dave, is... There's so many people involved with the creative process. There are so many ideas. It feels like it's almost impossible to concentrate on just one person. Because there's so much going on at any given time. Here's somebody I think they're getting it right with, Austin Theory. Austin Theory, they're getting it right. A person that I wish they had gotten it more right with was Rhea Ripley. They're getting it right with Bianca Belair. It's also a very 50-50 relationship. Creative can only has to put stuff on paper for you and you have to go out, be able to go out there and execute it also.
1: That's true. But I'm, but I'm using this Carmella as an example because Carmella hasn't, hasn't wrestled since WrestleMania. She was in a tag team with Selena Vega. You know, like I said, she hasn't won a match, you know, herself since October like, that's going back so far. Like, it just reeks of, all right, let's 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 give a little surprise here. And listen, Carmella did an amazing job. This isn't a knock on Carmella. This is a knock on creative. Like, to me, you're putting Carmella in a horrible situation. She's coming back. She's winning a match just to cover for somebody else. Like, I would be very, very surprised, Bully, if this carries on pass money in the bank like is Carmella still going to be in the main event coming out, out of money in the bank I doubt it because once Rhea Ripley is healthy Bianca Belair is going to go right back into a story with Rhea Ripley
2: I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Visser, and I was just honored as the first woman to win the Sports Emmy Lifetime Achievement. This month, as we celebrate the 50th anniversary of Title IX, my podcast, In Conversation with Leslie Visser, will take a deeper look into the landmark legislation. We'll hear from some of the greatest female icons, Cheryl Miller, Julie Foudy, Dominique Dawes, Val Ackerman, and Jessica Mendoza. So please listen and subscribe on the SXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash cash.
1: Omas beats Riddle, and then we see the beatdown of Riddle afterwards, Bully. And a lot of people online talking about, wow, this is an opportunity to build Riddle. Hey, we talked a lot about Bully this morning about not building superstars and creatively having an opportunity to do it. Riddle is somebody that's on the cusp of doing great things in the WWE, dare say. Maybe one of their next big main event superstars. He lost Friday against Roman, lost against Omos last night, and then the beatdown from Seth Rollins. So let me ask you, Bully, are we seeing Riddle getting squashed by the WWE?
3: How could you possibly use the term squashed when it comes to Riddle?
1: Well, I'm just bringing up the loss on Friday. The loss now, he can't go after that championship as long as Roman Reigns is your champion. And then he loses to Omos pretty quickly on Monday Night Raw and then the beatdown by Rollins. So if you look at what he has done the last couple of times in the ring, a loss, a loss, a beatdown. Some people may look at it as, you know what? Riddle is getting buried.
3: Is Omos, the seven-foot giant, intriguing to you in the Money in the Bank match? Yes. So we can agree that there's morbid curiosity having him involved. Yes. Was Riddle banged up and hurt and had his, his ribs taped up last night? Yes. Did the giant take advantage of those banged up ribs and absolutely destroy him? Yes. Did Seth Rollins curb stomp him and get more sympathy on him? Yes. We got almost involved in the match. He beat an injured Riddle. There's sympathy on Riddle. Seth Rollins comes in and curb stopped him. Can you see Riddle versus Seth Rollins? Yes. Mission accomplished. I don't know how last night was squashing him. Is he going on the shelf for a little while? If that's the case, okay, then they got him on the shelf. But I don't think they're losing Riddle anytime soon. No. Almost got a good win against a guy that was banged up. More sympathy on Riddle. Then Rollins comes in. Curb stomp. More sympathy on Riddle. Now we have something for Riddle to do. Riddle versus Rollins while Randy is still away. That's not squashing. That's taking advantage of the situation. The babyface gets more sympathy. We got almost in the ladder match, and now Rollins has an opponent moving forward. I think no? that... That's the way I, I see it.
1: You know, I think that the injury by... Or an unfortunate, I actually think is going to do wonders for Riddle, because I think this is going to be an opportunity for R- Riddle to really shine. And think Riddle about fought, where fought we, hard last night. Did
3: you think he was going to beat
1: Omos? I, I, I going into that match, yes, I thought Riddle was going to beat Omas.
3: No way. Sorry, no way. Especially with the taped up ribs.
1: So. I, Go ahead. Uh, last night would be a case of both guys winning in that situation. Omos gets the win, is going to be in the Money in the Bank match, and then Riddle getting sympathy from that crowd after that beatdown.
3: That giant went off to those ribs. Riddle's got sympathy. Then he got beat up after the almost win. More sympathy. Now he has an angle. I don't. I think everybody won last night. Unless I'm seeing things differently, I think everybody won.
1: But I think I think that's why I, I wanted to bring it up with you, because from your eye and understanding how to really get a guy over, if it's done the correct way, you could get over more in a loss than you can in a
3: win all day long. That w- without a doubt, th- those th- those in this industry who truly knew how to got over, get over, knew how to lose because you got to learn how to lose before you learn how to win. What song?
1: I don't know what on. Think
3: Dream On by Aerosmith.
1: Okay. You sure about that? I think so. <laughs> but I think it is true, though, Bully. I think you do. And in this case, it's going to do wonders for Riddle. And this is a great program for Seth Rollins since Cody is out. Seth and Riddle. And again, Seth is at that point in his career that he could lose 100 times in a row and it's not going to affect him. I think Seth is at that point in his career to be able to do that because he lost all three matches to Cody and I don't
3: think he missed a beat. No, not at all. When you're over, it doesn't matter if you lose. As long as you can get your heat back. And trust me, I know this firsthand. Me and Devon lost all the time in ECW, but we we were always uh, able to get our heat back. We lost, but we never lost our heat. It's how we—it's how we were designed. We were designed as a team that could lose all the time, but never lose an ounce of steam. Now, is Seth designed to lose? No, but when you're over and you have enough heat, you can lose, and it ain't gonna affect you. It's how you lose, and and Lord knows that even after the third loss, Seth suffered to Cody got his heat back, didn't he? Yeah. So did he really lose?
1: No, and, and for him. He's he's one of those untouchable wrestlers in the WWE. Somebody that also won from losing. I guess you could say that about Theory as well. That's another case that I think it helped Lashley, but I also think it helped Theory last night.
3: I loved Theory last night. I love with the microphone around his head. He's so cocky. He's so pompous. He's doing great job on the stick. He's interacting with the fans really well. I, I think that he is really, really doing well. I love Bobby sliding behind him. I just wish the camera shot was better. Like, I would have liked to have seen Theory pick the camera up, and I would have loved to have seen the look on Theory's face before the reveal of what was on the screen. That's just a little nitpick right there. Enjoyed the physicality, great spear off of the platform. I like where this is going. I care about Theory, Bobby Lashley, and that championship right now. Ah,
1: and there it is. The United States. When was the last time you actually cared about the United States championship?
3: It's been, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. And caring is, is half the battle. I care. I care about the men. I care about the championship. And I think it's because Theory is doing such a great job with his heel work.
1: I agree and you know what the last time I cared about that United States championship bully is when it was around John Cena's waist and we're going to see John Cena live on Monday Night Raw next week
3: and I hope we get interaction between Cena in theory and McMahon its I really want to see this I don't know where that leaves Bobby Lashley but I really want to see it
1: Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network the producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Nery Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen. And SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa. Marissa Rivas.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards.